and welcome back everyone to another episode of the run the table podcast powered by pro football network it is wednesday september 28th which means we have week four on the calendar and a thursday night matchup which i think a lot of us have a a ton of excitement for given the uh the previous meetings of these two teams going all the way back to college. But before we dive into this and kind of look at the slate from a fantasy aspect, betting DFS, and also with a little bit of underdog, let me bring in our co-host for today, Mr. Ian Warden. You can find over at NFL film study on Twitter. Ian, my man, it's good to have you back on the podcast. How you doing, my friend? Yeah, super excited to be back. Uh, I know cats did a great job filling in. You guys crushed your picks last week. So super happy to see that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're looking forward, like you said, to a great Thursday night football matchup that I think is better than what you'd think for a, a one and two team with the Bengals and obviously got the Dolphins undefeated, one of two undefeated teams kind of raises the question for me. If the Dolphins went undefeated, would Mercury Morris and the 72 Dolphins still pop champagne if it was the Dolphins that went oh. undefeated? I, I was thinking about that over the week. Not that this team will do it, but... If but you did. just threw that into the universe, though. Like I just have to put it out there. Up. I mean, there's I, only two teams, so it's not too early, is it? Do they just party together? Tour? Yeah, I, I think that I think that'd be appropriate. I think Otherwise, I honestly, I think they should. I think they should party together. They should both pop champagne, but the new guys have to pay for it just because of how much contracts are now. Like right. given how much money Tyree Kill just got paid, like oh. I feel like the new guys should probably be paying a little bit of respect and buying the seventy-two guys the bottles of champagne that's just me but i'm not I'm buying the dom i ain't buying the aces like i can't no. afford that stuff just give me the brute that you give me on uh on new year's eve and i'll be just fine whatever probably tastes uh, just but like good. he's huh probably tastes just as good oh it does just as good and also does just as good on a saturday morning with a little bit of oj in there like i'm still Definitely. good with a mimosa <laughs> to start my college football days off that's that's still some traditions that'll never go away from when we're doing our uh, our pregame traditions. But like you said, we do have a really good matchup here on Thursday night between the Dolphins and uh, and the Cincinnati Bengals, and it's it's weird. It's like I oddly am now looking forward to Thursday night football. Uh, I think it's the the presentation. Like Amazon is destroying the NFL at its own game. Like the Prime Vision, I absolutely love it. And I think we're going to see a treat on this one here, just because of some of the skill that we're going to see on this field. That's like I said, obviously. Last week, we saw the Miami Dolphins take down the Buffalo Bills in a hell of a game, if we're being fair. And under a lot of different circumstances, I think some that are still yet to fully play out this week. Obviously, I'm kind of talking about Tua Tagovailoa and his, I'm using air quotes here because clearly you can hear, you can see that through your ears. Um, yeah, air quotes on the uh, back injury. Uh, last time I checked, the back and ankle injury didn't make you try to shake the cobwebs out of your head, but does appear that he will be good to go tonight. And I think that's why there's so much more excitement uh, for this game. But I think what kind of want to start things off here is we'll just kind of uh, begin with the our fantasy football listeners out there, you guys out there on redraft. Let's kind of take a look at some of the start sit options for this game. And I know during the pre-show, we kind of we kind of talk about this a little bit because we always kind of go over our general feelings before we kind of get into the podcast before the light goes on. And it just kind of feels one of those games where it's just like, it's the usual suspects, right? Like we kind of know, like for the most part who you're starting this, right? Yeah. I mean, these are the guys that we took in the first, second and third round of our drafts. I mean, Joe Mixon, uh, obviously Jamar chase was going ahead of basically everyone else. Tyreek Hill, yeah. Jalen Waddle, Jalen Waddle has been best case scenario. 
yeah, I was kind of worried after that first week. I thought, okay, maybe it is a wide receiver one, wide receiver two setup, and that's okay. But I was wrong. I overreacted prior to week one, and we have a one A one B situation with two elite playmakers. This is a pretty easy call. I mean, you know who you're starting. The guys who've been in your lineup every week, keep them in your lineup. The guys who haven't been in your lineup, or maybe you're starting to flex out of your lineup, and we'll talk about some of those guys: Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert, maybe Hayden Hurst if you've got him on your mm-hmm. roster, or Mike Gesicki if you still have him. Those guys were leaning away from those types of players. Yep, I think I think a quarterback. I think things are at least for the Bengals side of things super easy. Obviously, you're starting Joe Burrow. He's a top ten play this week, and for me, like. I still have Tua as a top 10 play. I think he's right now he's sitting as my QB eight on the week right now. Um, Joe Burrow sitting right there at QB seven. I see points in this game. It's going to be coming through the passing game. Obviously, both these teams. I think Cincinnati does obviously have the edge at running back with Joe Mixon, but I still like both these quarterbacks. Like I said, we we haven't got a full description of what's going on with Tua. I don't know if we will anytime soon. I think they're kind of hoping to let this whole incident kind of get past them and kind of move on with this but like I'm I'm still in on to I think he'll be just fine tonight and it's honestly a it's a good match for really for both of these quarterbacks Cincinnati uh with Joe Burrow obviously the Bengals right now um they've been a little tougher against quarterbacks obviously this year um but they also haven't played that too many of good teams so when you see the Cincinnati Bengals right now allowing the third fewest points to the quarterback position you got to realize that they also played Cooper Rush and Mitch Trubisky to start their to start their season off. Now, granted, they also went 0-2 in these ones too, but they haven't faced the, the competition that other people have, which is why the Miami Dolphins, having faced now Josh Allen, also faced Lamar Jackson, have allowed the most fancy points to the position at 25.9. So it's, it's kind of skewed, and that's something I would always recommend when you kind of look into these um, points allowed metrics to kind of see which matchups are the easiest. You gotta you gotta realize who they've also played. I think the competition skill level will always make a big determining factor in that kind of situation. But obviously, for me, like I said, I've got both those guys as starters this week. If you got them, I think you're good to go on that option. Uh, Joe Mixon, I like Joe Mixon this week. I've got him up inside my top eight, sitting right here at uh, RB seven at the moment. Miami has been a little bit tougher against running backs, um, but you know, once again, it's. Pittsburgh Steelers um, have always struggled to kind of run the ball here recently. They've kind of struggled. It's kind of been the same thing with a lot of these teams that the Miami Dolphins have played. It's just been luck of the draw. Um, You've kind of seen, um, obviously, the Bills stuck with the passing game a lot of it. You saw the Baltimore Ravens didn't have uh, J.K. Dobbins, and they didn't have the consistent running game for that one as well, so I don't think it's quite as big of a deal. The same thing for the Bengals, sitting here at 12th. Um, and um, points allowed to the position. Like I said, I was bringing it up. It was look, Najee Harris, the pitcher to the offensive line, was absolutely awful. They didn't get much uh, when they also face off some of their other teams too. So I don't think it's that bad of a matchup. I only trust Joe Mixon this one because honestly, I don't know about you, Ian, but I have no idea whether it's Raheem Mostert or whether it is Chase Evans on any given week. Evans looked good and he had those two touchdowns, but if we're banking on a touchdown upside... I have a hard time wanting to rely on that with my team on the line. I don't want to go into the week, go into the weekend, I should say, having at a at a disadvantage with already a red number sitting up there on my team. Yeah, I mean, you could tell me that Alec Ingold gets a rushing touchdown this week from Miami and gets more goal line opportunities than either of these it. other backs, and I would I would believe you. It just the the Dolphins first of all ranked thirty first in rushing, and the they just kind of gave up. Because it's an offensive line that just hasn't been performing well. It would be one thing if it was Which like makes no opponent. sense because they spent so much money this offseason trying to revamp this offensive line. 
Right, right. And they have these young guys that can move. They can move into space. Like their athletic yeah. profiles fit exactly what we thought Mike McDaniel would want. I'm really shocked. Like I, I did think this would be a fairly effective rushing team, but really all they're doing is they're just basically taking what last year was as far as the RPOs, quick releases, taking advantage mm-hmm. of two of strengths. They got rid of the run game, and they're just doing it at a much, much higher level of a passing game. And having Tyreek Hill obviously helps with that. Having an improved pass-blocking offensive line obviously helps with that. So there's a lot that they're doing well, and some of that is personnel, some of that is scheme. But they're overcoming the running game as opposed to trying to make it work, which I respect. They just know it's not their strength, but it really is tough for us fantasy managers that have one of these guys on our rosters or if you're looking to play underdog, as we'll get into, it makes it difficult to try to project their usage. Yeah, it really does. And it's because it's very split uh, right now the way this backfield is going. Um, Chase Evans, you know, he did have those four targets in week one. He's only combined for four targets over the last two games, uh, 11 carries in those ones too, but did have the two touchdowns last week, whereas Raheem Mostert has kind of been getting a little bit more of the volume on the ground. 19 carries over the last two games, had eight last week, but only had 11 yards. I think part of that is facing the Buffalo Bills. Um, I think you've always got to play that matchup into it too because we're kind of fading pretty much anyone who plays the Bills for the most part. Um, but yeah, this is just a situation where I'm just, I'm for the most part, I'm just trying to avoid. I've got Raheem Mostert as a, um, and Chase Simmons pretty much, Edmonds as a low RB3, um, Raheem Mostert as a, like a higher end RB4. Like they're kind of in that same kind of tier range for me. I, to me, this is a week where there were so many good options on the waiver wire, which we haven't had in quite some time, even going back to last year. It's been a while since we had a really a really high-packed waiver wire week, and I think this is one of them t- this week, whether you wanted uh, Jamal Williams, whether you went after Khalil Herbert, uh, you went after Alexander Madison, you went after some of those guys. You have probably better options you probably could have picked up this week than needing to start Chase Edmonds or Raheem Mostert. I think if you have one of those guys, I would have zero issue putting them in your lineup um, uh, for week four. Um, just think about some anyone else on the running backs on this one, too. Smaji P. Ryan obviously did have that score last week, but not someone you're looking to use outside of like maybe like a 14 to 16 team league. He's just not on the radar. Really, the focal point of this game is what we'd expect. It's the passing attack. Um, and... I think you can put a blanket over all four of these guys are going to come in the exact same range in your rankings uh, this week. Jamar Chasen inside the top five, Tyreek Hill, uh, number six at wide receiver, Jalen Waddle inside the top 10, and then T Higgins, who did kind of get banged up a little bit. Uh, we saw him take that hard hit to the head uh, last week against the Jets, but does look good to go for this one. Uh, he's sitting as a wide receiver 15 right now, and it would not be surprised if he ended up outscoring Jamar Chase. For me, if you've got a, a pass catcher on this one of the top two on either side, just plug them in your lineup. I think you do what you always do, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yes, you want to put give some credit to the Dolphins. You want to respect like the playmakers on both sides of the ball. But this is going to be a big play type of matchup. I, I don't think that if you look drive by drive, this is probably going to be ugly. We see that a lot. The unders have been hitting at like an unprecedented rate throughout yes. this entire season. I know you sent me some numbers <laughs> earlier that were just like shocking. I think we're at like that's something we'll kind of get into when we get to the betting section on that one for sure. I want to read for sure. It. And I, and I think that's going to just bleed into how this game plays out. But I say you trust the talent in these situations, man. And Jamar Chase is definitely one of those guys that you just have to do that because mm-hmm. the last thing you want is you want to bench someone like that and then they make the play. You know that it's coming. You're, we're waiting for it. And especially this season, especially with Chase, it just hasn't been the case. So yep. 
as we're waiting for, I mean, you just, you have to take that risk because otherwise you're going to be stuck with playing someone that just doesn't have that same ability, that same game breaker. And then you're hunting matchups. And sometimes that's just overthinking it. Keep those guys in your lineup as long as you possibly can throughout the season. Yeah. I mean, we also, we know where the volume is going to go on these teams. Like I think we'll see a couple times where maybe like Tyler Boyd gets involved. Like we saw like last week where he took that seven yard slant and because the defender went for the hit stick instead of the wrap up, it ends up being a house call for 50 plus yards. I mean, there's always that upside is there where someone else could pick some, pick something up on this game, but it's it's those main guys. I mean, if you've got these guys, you're starting them, obviously. Uh, Tyree Kill sitting as the wide receiver five on the year, uh, Ty- and then Jalen Waddle sitting as the wide receiver four in fantasy football right now. Uh, Jamar Chase coming in at 13th, um, and then T. Higgins sitting here still inside the uh, RB th- uh, wide receiver three car range at 33, but I think that's something we do expect to pick up. Um, only having 19 targets, 13 receptions. That's a little low for the volume we would expect. To be, we kind of expect him to be sitting more in the eight to eight and a half targets per game kind of range. So I think we've got a little bit more uh, progression than he's kind of pick up with him. But like I said, if you've got those guys, start him. Higgins does have the easier matchup, assuming that we're going to see X covering over top of Jamar Chase. But we saw this in the preseason, and we also saw it a little bit in the first couple of weeks where they were moving Jamar Chase more inside into the slot to kind of then give him that entire side towards the boundary to work and to get that release. And if that happens here in this game, it's does Miami send X in there with him into the slot? Does he just shadow him the whole game? Or at that point, does it say, okay, we're now going to take him, put him over on T Higgins. And then, you know, we'll, we'll kind of see what happens with them, but I think they can move around these guys and try to free up a couple matchups. So I do think both these guys are going to win it. But like I said, if you've got them, just start them. And we also know that Tyree kill, has this matchup kind of circled on his calendar, won a matchup against uh, Eli Apple, and that's that's going to go one of two ways. It's either going to be closer than we think, or it's just going to be uh, it's going to be ugly because we know what Eli Apple has a history of doing of getting burned, and we know how good Tyreek Hill is at doing that to other people in this offense. That really is just all about after the catch opportunities, and it's I'm just glad that we're seeing the offense we were hoping we were going to see in in cincinnati i think that's the biggest thing for me i'm sorry in in miami um taking a look at the the tight ends here just for one final little thing uh i think hayden hurst it's a it's a little bit of a sneakier play didn't have as good of a game last week but also came into it uh limited with a groin injury but prior to that he'd actually been pretty heavily involved uh 15 targets in the first two weeks with 10 catches um he hasn't found the end zone yet but the volume there, I think, is what kind of makes me a little more excited about Hayden Hurst. Would that be someone you would consider uh, this week, Ian, if you were looking for, if you were streaming the position? Is someone like Hayden Hurst you would kind of take a look at? Yeah, you know, his profile fits. One, we have to make sure that he's healthy, and he was a full participant yeah. in practice on, on Tuesday, so things are looking good for him. Um, Miami just isn't great as far as covering the middle of the field, it's their weakness. You have to have a weakness as a unit, unless if you're just an absurdly talented unit. And, this and is you really attack Miami unit. inside out. Exactly. If you're going over the middle of the field, Miami's the third worst defense against tight ends. They acknowledge it. They know exactly where you're going to have to give up points. And, and quite frankly, this is why the Bengals built their team the way that they did because yep. they have absurd talent on the outside. So that should make the job of the tight end easier. I don't think that they've done a great job. I think Cincinnati could do a better job highlighting Hayden Hurst's skill set. He's not mm-hmm. as uh, necessarily as elusive as CJ Uzuma was uh, at the position for them after the catch. So you have to do a little bit more pre snap and you have to kind of scheme him open a little bit. 
But this is a great time to do that. This is when you start seeing coaches make it, those adjustments. Uh, we're hitting that first month of the season. I think we can start expecting to see him be a little bit more involved. It's a great matchup for him. I think if you if you need him, if you're look like you said, if you're streaming the position, he's going to be one of yep. the stronger options this week. We just have to make sure that he's healthy. So just keep an eye out on the on the injury reports. As long as he's continuing to be a full practice, uh, full uh, participant in practices, he should be good to go. Um, otherwise, the first two weeks, he looked like a good player who fits in this offense really nicely. Yeah, I think he ends up being a pretty good value uh, for based on pretty much going undrafted uh, this season. Now, the other thing is too is that if uh, obviously if you weren't able to get him in the first wave. If for some reason, David Ajoku went through your first round of waivers. Don't worry about any of these guys in this one. Just go pick up David Ajoku. Uh, he was a guy who I know we were all pretty much highlighting in all of our waiver pieces. I know for me, he was probably my number one waiver claim this week. If you couldn't get Khalil Herbert, I think rest of season value. I think David Ajoku has the longer rest of season value. He's up right now for me, my tight end seven in my rest of season ranking. So honestly, if you just want to avoid the position, if he's still sitting out there, Please just just go get David a joke and make your life easier. I think that's that'd be the biggest thing I would do on this one. Uh, but I also want to tell you about the easiest and most fun way to spice up your football season, and it is underdog fantasy and their pick and game. Just look for your favorite or in some cases least favorite player stats and pick whether they'll end up with a higher or lower total than that number in this week's game, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. It's super simple to get started. Just head over to underdogfantasy.com or download the app and sign up with promo code PFN. An underdog will double your deposit, your first deposit, up to $100. But wait, there is more. If you deposit $10, you'll also get a free month subscription to the PFN Pass, where you can reconnect with the game of football with interactive experiences, proprietary research, and educational courses on the PFN Pass. Remember, that is Underdog Fantasy, promo code PFN, so you can get in on the action today. I think this is an interesting one. And obviously I want to kind of say this, like we are recording this episode. It is after mid afternoon. It's about one o'clock our time here in uh, on Wednesday. And there is um, some th- more things need to happen with underdog. As of right now, the only player for the Miami dolphins who is listed on underdog is Raheem Mostert. Right now, it is they have the higher or lower set at at 38.5 rushing yards. Now, the reason that I, I need to bring this up is because you have to play on underdog uh, players from two separate teams. You can't put together a pick em of just, just one team. So let's say you want to do a pick em where it was just T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. You can't do that. So in this case, if you wanted to play a pick em contest on underdog on Thursday night only just going between the Miami Dolphins and the Cincinnati Bengals. You have to make a choice higher or lower at the moment on Raheem Mostert to unlock everything over on the Bengals side. Now, if you're listening to this on Thursday, things might've changed. Heck it might've changed tonight later this afternoon after this releases. I'm assuming we're waiting on some more information on Tua before they unlock some of those other projections that they have hidden back there right now. Uh, But at the moment, all we have is Raheem Mostert, like I said, with a higher or lower at 38 and a half. Let's just assume nothing changes, right? And we only have this option. Ian, which kind of way are you leaning here for guys who are wanting to do something on Thursday night if they have no other options but Raheem Mostert? For sure. And I kind of mentioned this earlier where Miami's just struggling rushing. 
And ranking 31st, they're facing a defense that, even without DJ Reader, it still is a bunch of big uglies. These guys are good against the run. Sam Hubbard is really strong against the run. Logan Wilson is a, a standout talent. You've got Von Bell who can come into the box. I really like this defense uh, for the Bengals, and I think that they're going to be just fine without Reader, as good as he is at the nose. Miami's offensive line is just going to get overwhelmed. I think they're going to be overwhelmed throughout the season in the run game, and they know that. They don't really try, and... I think that's going to continue this game. 38 and a half rushing yards is what underdog has. I like the lower here. Miami's averaging only 26 yards per back each game. So Chase Edmonds and Moser both averaging 26 yards. Per, it's it's an unfathomable number, number uh, with how this offense is built, and yet they're still making it work. So I'm leaning towards the lower there. The one concern with me on just any of these rushing projections here is especially with Raheem Mostert or in just his offense in general, it's one play. And that's what worries me with really low rushing totals is that one play where they get loose, especially someone with speed with Raheem Mostert, who I think was back in, was it 2019 or 2020? One of the two where he literally had the two fastest recorded speeds on NFL next gen stats, like 23.3, like 22.9 miles per hour, just ridiculous speed. So I think that's, that's my one concern always with these things. But I think you're on the right side of this. I think the lower is probably the way I would go just because we there's every chance this thing too. Like, hey, Chase Edmonds, you're up. And so Raheem Mostert kind of gets screwed in the process. Like I said, we don't have a Chase Edmonds option. We only have the Raheem Mostert. And so as of right now, like, I think you're making the best call. Um, but if we kind of keep looking at the, the running back position itself too, we do have Joe Mixon on the other side of this who I think he's doing okay. But I think a lot of it, I know myself included, where I thought, okay, Joe Mixon's about to have a hell of a season. Had a really good year last year. We see Cincinnati really invest in the offensive line, um, but kind of hasn't necessarily been the case on the ground. And also, look look how many times Joe Burrow's been hit this year. And they kind of also, you're having that same, that same impact on the rushing lanes for Joe Mixon. I know underdogs got him at 66 and a half rushing yards. Which way are you kind of leaning on this one as of right now, Ian? Yeah, I think you touched on it where this offensive line just is is underachieving. I don't think there's any other way to yeah. put it. Joe Burrow's been sacked 15 times. Mixon is averaging 54.3 yards per game. I know folks out there that put some money on him to lead the league in rushing just because injuries yes. could happen. They thought the offensive line. I don't think that was a dumb bet. It's one just, of my bold predictions when we did the article like before the season started, one of mine was actually that Joe Mixon could lead the league in rushing. Yeah, totally I, I was it. right there with him. If he was four and a half yards per carry, which I think was a reasonable expectation, super talented player, yes. he's at 2.8 yards per carry. And he's facing mm -hmm. a defense this week that is just swarming. Uh, th that front four was hellacious last week. They did a great, great job against Buffalo, continually getting pressure, continually getting into the backfield. I think they're going to keep bringing it this week, especially that Miami's a blitz-heavy team. I like mixing on that lower side of 66 and a half rushing yards. It just hasn't been a season yet. And generally you don't fix offensive line problems on a short week. I just don't think that's a really, again, you could have a big play like you mentioned, but Mixon hasn't been breaking them off this year. They're just not even available to him. And yep. uh, I, I don't necessarily trust that this is the week that they start spurring those big chunk plays. Yeah. It's like you said about the explosive plays right now only has 10 rushes on the year. I'm sorry, two rushes on the year of 10 yards or more and kind of going back to the offensive line while he's averaging 2.8 yards per attempt, 1.9 of those are coming after contact. So he's not even getting a yard before contact, kind of speaking to the uh, the inefficiency of this offensive line right now. And we kind of touched on in the name earlier, but Joe Burrow uh, right now on the season averaging 295 uh, passing yards per game. 
They've got him at 290.5, so just a little bit lower on this one for his total yards. What are you thinking of Joe Burrow for this game, which a lot of people think will be a very passing-heavy game at 290 total? Which way are you leaning on this one? Yeah, I'm also looking towards the lower here, and part of that is because if you look at uh, Joe Burrow's production, a lot of his numbers were carried by that first game against Pittsburgh when he put the team in the hole with his interceptions. Absolutely. Uh, He was doing things through the air, doing it with his legs. It was one of those nice kind of overcoming stories. He didn't play well, but, you know, look at his raw numbers and you'd be like, okay, you know, that's good output. That's kind of like a Lamar Jackson game. But look at the two games since. Burrow hasn't been as active on the ground. His passing totals haven't been as eye-popping. So I'm looking at 290 and a half total yards. I think Miami is the best defense that he's going to have faced. He's going to be under constant pressure, not going to be able to stand back in the pocket and just take deep shots too often or be able to create too often. I think this is a volume stat. If you're going to take the higher, you're taking it because of the volume. This might be a 40-50 passing attempt type game for him. I think that's totally in the cards. Uh, But at the same time, too, he might be averaging six yards uh, a completion. So I'm going to go on the lower end here. Um, it's just, I just think it's gonna be kind of an ugly game that is, uh, you're taking your deep shots and sure if one or two of them land, then this looks silly in hindsight, but Miami's been doing a great job of containing those plays. For me, if I'm Josh Boyer, the DC for the dolphins, I'm taking whatever scheme I just had dialed up last week when I faced Josh Allen and rinse and repeat, give me that same damn thing here this week against Joe Burrow, where I'm trying to eliminate the top two receiving options that you have. And I'm trying to get exotic over the middle. And for, to bring a pass rush, it worked last week against Joe uh, against Josh Allen of the Bills. I think yep. it should probably also work against Cincinnati Bengals. Um, yep. I think the other thing you got to think about this too when you're looking at total yards is sacks. Sack yardage comes off of the total yards, and so far this year, Joe Burrow has lost 87 total yards on his 15 sacks. So if he gets close, it's kind of similar to when uh, players take a knee, right? And we've seen several different times some of these higher or lowers can be ruined by quarterbacks kneeling the ball out and all of a sudden you end up with a bad beat because you lost three yards on a couple kneel downs. So if Joe Burrow is getting sacked back there, that could obviously take off from his uh from his total yards. Uh do real quick also want to kind of hit on DFS plays for this one, but for the most part, I think we kind of talked about this in a similar vein as we did with the just standard redraft. You're kind of starting the main players on this one. And especially in like a single game slate with this one, it's just so high priced. The top guy, I mean, we've got what nine guys all above 8K in this lineup. It's whether you want to play the MVP or you want to play like your standard, um, your classic kind of style formats without the MVP setup or whatever. It's you're paying up for everyone. Jamar Chase over at 11,000. Tyreek Hill, 10.8, Waddle, 10.2, Burrow, Tua, both above 9.4, Mix sitting at 9,000, T. Higgins sitting at 8,200. Like, you're paying up. Like, it is what it is because you've got to have these guys in your lineup. If you don't, you're probably just giving something away. So really at that point, it just comes down to, okay, are there any guys that we think could be sneaky value later on that can unlock maybe a potential extra one of these high top-tier plays? Um, I know a couple guys we kind of talked about before the show. I think Evan McPherson, like it's never sexy to take the kicker. They don't, they don't have the highest upside, but at 3,600, he's averaging 10.3, uh, points per game over on DraftKings. Um, looking at their pricing right now. I think that makes a little bit of sense in a game where we're expecting the offense 
And if they're not always converting, they should at least be in range of guy with one of the best legs in the NFL. Already converted a 59-yarder in their other home game earlier this year. Um, I know, Mean, you also kind of talked about Durham Smythe, uh, the kind of backup tight end, if you want to call it, quote-unquote, just because Miami's kind of rotating these guys in and out. At 2,800, does someone like Durham Smythe make a little bit of sense as a potential, like, hey, we're hoping he falls in the red zone? Like, does that one make a little bit of sense, something to potentially unlock a lineup? Yeah, I mean, look at his usage compared to Mike Gusecki and Gusecki's cost, uh, yeah. about 5000 You know, it's it's not comparable. Like, you're getting the value there. Yes, you're not getting the name brand, but that's what we're doing here. We're, we're looking for the advantages. I want to be able to fit Tyreek Hill or Jamar Chase mm-hmm. into my lineup. The only way I can fit both of those dudes in my lineup is if I take a, a Durham Smythe. So it makes sense. He only has a handful of targets on the year, but they are fairly valuable targets. Miami's continued to get him out on the field. He plays just as much as the guy who makes $10 million more than him um, in Gusecki. So I like the odds of him getting one of those birds, right? Like we saw even last year, uh, last week, River Craycraft get a touchdown. On, and Tua Tungavaloa talked about it. Hey, we worked on that play all throughout the week just to make sure that that play happened, that our timing was perfect on that. Don't be surprised. Again, it's a Kyle Shanahan offense. We see strange targets. We see kind Mm -hmm. of guys that you wouldn't expect become priorities in key situations because the defense isn't expecting it either. They're going to be putting their attention elsewhere. I definitely think this could be a week where Smythe really rewards people who take a nice gamble. It's a smart gamble uh, for a price that isn't going to kill you either. It's not like you took a um, you know, seven, eight thousand dollar gamble, or even a five thousand dollar gamble on uh, Gasecki, where he could end up putting up a yeah. goose egg. So I think it's a really nice play there. Is there anyone else you think is kind of undervalued on this slate that you would kind of look at? We did talk about Hayden Hurst and we talked about Raheem Mostert. I think both of those guys make a lot of sense. Hurst at 5.4. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, it's a guy that is in an advantageous matchup. He's been getting the targets. His role should continue to grow. And there's just not many that many guys in that price range getting consistent playing time and opportunity. And then Mostert, 4.4K. This one is kind of surprising me. Chase Edmonds That's is around $7,000. Like, I don't really see there being a difference between two outside of Chase Edmonds getting those two touchdowns last week. That could have been a little bit fluky. Most of it's basically RB1A or RB1A or 1B, right? So you're getting a good value there. You're taking the chance that he gets the home run. I don't love playing him, but I certainly don't mind taking us one lineup. You could put him in, have three different lineups, put most air in one of them. And I think that you'll, you'll end up uh, getting the potential there to, really come out ahead just because you took a risk on a guy who is a home run hitter. Yeah. And I do want to bring up, I'm glad you mentioned the name river Craycraft um, because he does have two touchdowns on the year. And like, he's one of those guys who would probably be one of the cheaper options people would look at, but I would caution you against doing that because Craycraft actually reverted back to the dolphins practice squad on Monday. According to, if you look on the NFL transaction logs, the reason that's important is Craycraft is not eligible for any more elevations from Miami's practice squad after being activated for the first three games of the year. Um, although we only play like the the nine snaps, or whatever. So like he would have to be brought back up to the 53 man roster to actually guarantee that you can kind of get him uh, back in the line. So I would avoid going River Craycraft banking on the um, the touchdown upside again. Um, but I do want to kind of move on to our, our final section here, kind of cover the betting things. And 
Look, if you want to win a free $200 a season, well, as a new DraftKings Sportsbook user, you can bet $5 and win $200 by betting on the NFL or college football. Just head over to profootballnetwork.com and you can check out the latest betting promos to claim this offer today. Kind of looking at the different lines and the different over-unders and things like that for this one. For the most part, it's sitting with the Miami Dolphins as three and a half point underdogs. For the most part, although we have seen it in a couple different places, all the way up to four point favorites, which I think is really interesting. But, and I think this is kind of something that I know I've talked to you, Ian, about on this one is, look, if you're kind of looking towards the points, also shop the the money line itself too, because you've got to try to figure out if, are they just going to cover, or do you think it's a team that can actually win outright? I think, honestly, in this one, we kind of think that Miami could win outright, so you've kind of got to make a decision. Do you take the points, whether it's plus three and a half or plus four, or do you kind of take a look more just towards the money line? Which way are you kind of leaning on this one? I'm not going to lie. I checked the odds for this one, and I was expecting Miami to be like almost a pick em, if not be the favorite. They just beat Buffalo. <laughs> you just, just beat, beat Buffalo. Buffalo. You're 3-0, and <laughs> and the Bengals have lost to two really underperforming offenses with with essentially backup quarterbacks. Like, yeah, I know Mitch Trubisky is starting, but he should honestly be the backup to Kenny Pickett. Right. And so when I saw Dolphins plus four and then with a money line of plus 175 at some sports books, I'm not going to lie. I love the money line here. I think Miami's just the better team. I think Cincinnati has that upside. I just don't love that the the style of football they're playing right now they're so disjointed on offense. The defense isn't making plays like we had expected. And, you know, this is a team that figured out in the second half of last year. And I think they're kind of setting themselves up to do the same thing this year. Um, so I like the Dolphins to, if you're not going to grab the points, I say go for the money line because that is just simply a great return for a team that is really just as good as Cincinnati is. Yeah, I know over on, um, on depending on whatever site you want to use, you can find it anywhere between, like I said, the points around the minus 102 to minus 105 kind of range, or you can just take the money line, which you're getting at like plus 170 all the way up to like plus 175 if you shop around. And I'm, there's still tons of promos that are out there. Like I said, you can get on the side and you can find them. Um, like I said, for me, I'm with you. I actually just think Miami wins the game outright. I think they're just a better lineup. And for me, this is, if you're listening to this now, I would jump on it before, because right now they're just waiting on news on Tua. Um, so right now, if you want to get in on this game, I would take this before we see any line movement. Cause I think once they say, Hey, yeah, two is good to go. We're not worried about him. I don't know if the line completely flips, but I think we can see Miami right around like the minus one and a half kind of range. I mean, we're yeah. talking about a potential five point swing, right? And that's what I expected to be honest with you, I, kind of, I thought it would be in that range. And and look at how these teams are trending too. So Miami's 5-1 and one against the spread in their last six. Cincinnati is 9-2 and two against the spread in their last 11. So these are good teams. So we can expect a close mm-hmm. game. Um, the total is 47. I'm leaning towards the under. Uh, one, the season's been heading that way. We've kind of alluded to that earlier. Miami's yep. hit the under in nine of their last 13. Cincinnati in each of their last eight games have hit the under as well. So I think everything's kind of pointing towards a close game. Uh, so I love the points there at four, but I think you're right. I think that there's going to be a one to two point spread here, one that uh, two a news breaks at most. Yeah, I'm going to talking about the unders kind of being the trend right now. Right now on the year unders, and this is actually a tweet that uh, Graham Barfield put out, so full credit to him on this one for doing the legwork. Uh, unders right now are 28, 29, 18, and one 
uh, to start the season. And also we're seeing a uh, below scoring, uh, below average scoring uh, for the first three weeks combined, go back to 2019, it was 44.7 in 2020. We saw scoring go up to 50.9 because we also didn't have a traditional off season. Uh, we go back then to last year at in 2021, 47.1, now with a, a full off season to program and things like that, the defense is being ahead of the offenses. Average score right now, uh, average game total, 42.1 points. Uh, so like we can kind of see why the unders are kind of turning that direction. Eventually, these offenses will get things figured out, but I understand what you're looking at, that, that under 46.5. It's just, it's a little high. And honestly, you're kind of actually getting better odds too with the under at minus 105 my, instead of rather uh, 115 on the over. Uh, we kind of dive into the uh, anytime touchdowns. I think there's going to be plenty of those. Jamar Chase obviously makes sense, uh, but you're not getting the best odds on him at minus 105. However, you've got T. Higgins highlighted, which for me, I think is going to be the better value. I like your call on T. Higgins. Talk to us about that one for as an anytime touchdown. I don't know about you, but I would love to not get the receiver that Xavier Howard's covering. Um, I think that's yeah, pretty smart. I, I would prefer that. <laughs> Personally, as much respect as I give Keon Cross and did a great job last week uh, breaking up a touchdown on Gabe Davis. I, I think that we need to look at Higgins. He's a nightmare matchup for this Dolphins defense without Byron Jones. Just his size, his physicality, ability to win at the catch point. He can move inside the slot, can win inside. We again, we talked about how Cincinnati can work their way from the inside out against Miami. Higgins can do that, too. That's what makes this offense so fun. Uh, it's it's simply Miami is one of the worst defenses in the league against receivers fantasy wise as well, because they lack size. So as good as this defensive secondary is, and it is really good as a unit individually, there are some weaknesses. And I think we could see Higgins take advantage of that better than anyone else on this offense. I mean, let's be honest. He got robbed last week. He should have had that touchdown. That was the best catch you're going to see. It was the best ball. Those are two of the most elite things they could have done on both sides of that play. Whether it's the ball placed by Joe Burrow or the catch by T. Higgins, I'm sorry, that's a reception. NFL, just go go back and retroactively fix the stats because you robbed the dude of that one. And I'm glad you also brought up that uh, play by the cornerback against the Buffalo Bills because that honestly, going back and rewatching that game last night for the Dolphins, really changed part of the momentum because they should have been up going into the fourth quarter. Buffalo, 27 to 14. If we're being honest, because you could have had that touchdown that they punched away from Gabe Davis. Honestly, Gabe Davis will tell you he probably should have caught that himself anyway, because that's why he is there to make those plays in the red zone. They end that drive with a Tyler Bass field goal, but then Matt Milano drops a walk-in pick six when he undercut the route. Like that change in momentum right there totally changed the trajectory of that game in the fourth quarter. Um, So yeah, I'm I'm glad you brought that up because that was a good play. Um, overall in that one too. But yeah, I'm with you on T Higgins and also uh, you can get a little bit better odds here too on Hayden Hurst. And we talked about a little earlier sitting here at plus 320 right now, tight ends kind of been having their way against the the Miami Dolphins. They are third words against the tight ends. And like we talked about, you beat them from the inside out. So guys like a Tyler Boyd, whether it's kind of doing an intermediate route over the middle or someone like Hayden Hurst, if they're trying to lock up the guys on the outside, which makes sense. I'm not trying to get beat by Burrow or Higgins. Maybe someone like Hayden Hurst makes a little bit more sense. Uh, Joe Burrow sitting here with the over-under on 275 and a half passing yards. I know we talked about during the underdog fantasy section where it was 290 total yards. 
Right now, we're kind of just focusing on the passing yards at 275.5. You're leaning on the under on this one, correct? Yeah, this one is a lean for me. I, I don't know about this one because I said, like I said before, I think this is going to be a high volume type of game. Yeah. Uh, but look at the trends. I do think it points toward Burrow going the under there. So right now, it's kind of me staying away from it. But, yep. you know, I could be persuaded into uh, it depends on kind of what happens with our underdog plays, too. Right. Like right now, those are unattractive. So I'm more keen on looking at uh, looking at the betting options. Yep. Makes makes total sense. And then also you've got uh Raheem Mostert. We kind of talked about him earlier. And then also uh the Bengals. Uh 25.5 points in this game, too. You can actually take the under on that at even money at at plus one hundred, which I think makes a little bit of sense, especially if you were already leaning the under. Uh honestly, before I hit the outro here, um, uh, which I always do, I do want to say if you guys are in the Florida area and you were in the path of Hurricane um Ian, please be careful. Obviously it's when we're recording this, it's probably starting to make its landfall, if not close. So if you have the ability to get out of there, hopefully you guys are safe. If you are hungered down there, hopefully you guys got everything prepared and we can kind of be a, a little bit of a reprieve and what's probably a very a very stressful time for a lot of you guys uh, down there in Florida. But that will wrap up today's episode of the Run the Table podcast, powered by Pro Football Network. If you enjoyed today's episode of the show, feel free to leave a rating or review, whether it's on iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you enjoy your favorite podcast at. It is always greatly appreciated. Uh, also, continue to stay up to date with all the latest news around the league by heading over to profootballnetwork.com, where you can find all the analysis covering not only fantasy football and betting, but breaking news around the league, college football, and the NFL draft. And remember to get involved with the PFN community. The PFM Pass gets you direct access to the Discord and unlocks exclusive content from PFM Productions, weekly giveaways, and weekly AMAs with the PFN staff, including lineups, waiver wire advice, and a Sunday morning start sit, plus even more betting coverage during the week to help you fill up that bankroll for Sunday morning. Remember, it's also never too early to get involved with the 2023 season by heading over to profootballnetwork.com forward slash mock draft where you can kind of send us your screenshots of the pfn mds and how you would like your team to attack this upcoming season you can follow ian over on twitter at nfl film study and myself at tommy garrett pfn speaking for ian i am tommy and we will see you guys on friday for another episode of the show